Welcome to Paid Media Coffee. I'm Kelly Mancuso, and today we are continuing on the conversation of the convergence of traditional and digital media, focusing in on out-of-home advertising. I'm excited to introduce today's guests. First, we have Nick Toomey, a paid media associate at Nebo. Excited to be here. Thank you. We also have Rashidi Barnett, the director of Emerging Opportunities at Nebo. Hello, hello. And Oliver Brantley, a paid media strategist at Nebo. Thanks. Glad to be back. All right, so as I mentioned, we're talking about out-of-home today, and we're going to discuss how ad tech has really taken this channel into the digital age. So just to start high level, you know, there are basically two categories of out-of-home. You've got traditional and digital, but now we also have this subcategory of programmatic out-of-home that's emerged over the last few years. So can the three of you help us understand what programmatic buying capabilities have really done for out-of-home advertising? Yeah, so, I mean, traditionally, you're picking a spot that you think your target audience might be driving or walking by um, and just hoping that their eyeballs hit and they call the number or visit the website. Um, but programmatic out-of-home has brought real-time bidding mm-hmm. to you know a traditionally very uh, static advertising mm-hmm. medium. Literally static. Uh, literally static. <laughs> um, and so what we get is you know dynamic pricing and then you know responsive campaign optimizations. Yeah. Again, you know, going with the, the the way how traditionally it was bought, right? You bought a placement for weeks at a time, at least a month is um, I think what the minimums are. With digital out of home, you can buy placements on a digital billboard, right? And you can swap those out, things like that with creative. And then the programmatic piece kind of added an extra layer in terms of for programmatic buyers like ourselves, for digital buyers, it's on a CPM basis, right? Um, they kind of are molding it more to what we're looking for, especially with the audience targeting and things like that. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, it's also self-serve. So yeah. instead of like having to go through the reps from the individual marketplaces and platforms, you're going online directly yourself, just as we buy media on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Google, and across other ad exchanges, able to just go directly, as we are used to purchasing and buying media, able to do that just directly uh, within the platforms. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really cool. There was actually a study that I read by Zenith, and it said that out of home is the only like quote unquote traditional medium that's seen a rise in ad revenue over the past twenty Jeez. years. Yeah, so I think you know, in my opinion, that's probably solely due to the rise of digital mm-hmm. ad tech and programmatic capabilities mm-hmm. than out of home. Yeah, a study, um, this is from IAB, but Americans are spending 70% of their time outside of their home, which is a 50% increase over the last 20 years. Yeah, and I think really? it's easy just to like think about out of home as billboards. At least that's where my mind right. goes. But we have to also think about all the other screens that are everywhere in oh, yeah. our life. And so being able to show ads and serve ads on those screens that are digital screens opens up a ton of new inventory for buyers as well. Right. We don't see it as much here in Atlanta, but in other more, I guess, pedestrian cities, you have like digital uh, taxis, um, you have seats that are also digital. So it's like really interesting just to see like how that can be used just not just these large, massive billboards and screens, but these sort of like other placements that are that are moving like like a taxi cab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and those you know to add to kind of the programmatic argument, those are a lot more addressable for individual users. Mm-hmm. So you know, a billboard in you know traffic on the downtown connector in Atlanta is reaching you know a, <laughs> let's say a thousand people, right. um, but you know a single screen in the back of a taxi or an Uber can be immediately personalized for that person. Right. I think it might be reaching a little bit more than a thousand people. 
probably. <laughs> uh, sorry, just what? giving you a hard time. Per 15 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got elevators. I've seen mm-hmm. screens in airports. Right. Public transit is yeah. a huge oh, yeah. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even like when you're getting gas, little gas oh, yeah. videos right there. For sure. Yeah. Everywhere. So obviously there are challenges that come with any new emerging ad tech. So what are we dealing with when it comes to out of home? First, you're relying on screens that exist in a fixed location. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, aside from, you know, taxis that might be moving, um, that screen is still fixed in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not moving with the user. Um, and right. so it, it relies on somebody to be in that physical location. Oliver and I had a client not too long ago. We were working on digital billboards. And um, a thing that we kept trying to figure out is how many how many impressions are we actually going to get? Mm-hmm. And a problem that we kept running into is these are not guaranteed impressions, it's, it's estimated impressions, and um, we can't really see, okay, the, in this location, X amount of people saw it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a guess on in this location, X amount of people could potentially see it. Yeah. And that kind of was running into problems, especially measuring it against other digital efforts yeah. that we were doing. Yeah, and I think like to complicate that even further, it is... Yes, the ad was served on a particular screen, but were they even looking at it at that yeah. time? Mm-hmm. So that even like, further complicates it. With digital, like on our mobile devices, like we were matching device IDs and cookies, and we could probably make a, a better assumption that the person actually saw it, you know, that this, you know, was actually viewable, but with, with billboards and out of home, it's like really hard. Right. Uh, so I think that's a major challenge is the measurement aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think digital, online digital media space sort of painted ourselves into a corner mm-hmm. in regards to measurement. We're trying to apply almost those same things to digital out of home. Right. Um, but I think maybe some traditional marketers will kind of help us realize that we don't always have to be tied to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's still a little bit early for us to tell um, how this is going to go, but I think it's our opportunity now to sort of not always have to be right on every single thing. Um, I think it's just a matter of us measuring and looking at other metrics as as well at the same time. And I think some platforms are also looking at that as well, which I think could be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bring up a good point. We talked about this in the last episode. We were talking about the video advertising landscape where digital advertisers are trying to apply those digital measurement tactics that we have with search or display or social and apply those to these traditional mediums now that we can buy them digitally and it just doesn't make sense. So um, we need to kind of teach ourselves what to look at and how to measure the impact. Right. Yeah. There's a company called Hivestack and they're sort of like combining like some of the, what I would say, traditional digital marketing tools and what what's in a general marketer's toolkit. So like you're able to, to take digital out of home billboards and ads, but then they're overlaying device IDs at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, so being able to combine that to determine, okay, this person saw it, but we also serve them an ad on their mobile device, and we can also see that they went in store as well. Um, so some of that attribution, I think, can get really interesting when you start like yeah. combining some of, some of that data that we have that is kind of sort of like walled off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think mobile location data is really what's changing this and, mm-hmm. you know, enabling any sort of attribution. Right. Right. I mean, that's like the main point of programmatic Mm -hmm. out of home, right? That's the only way they can do what they say they can do is based off of location targeting. Mm -hmm. Um, And going off of what you're saying, Rashidi, with the location, right, they can see that if someone is around a billboard, they can retarget them with a display ad Mm -hmm. on their phone, on their laptop, things like that. But again, going back to attribution, Mm -hmm. they have no idea whether it's, oh, someone was standing in front of that billboard or that screen seeing it, or they were just in that location. So it's a start for sure. We're, We're definitely getting better at being able to attribute what people are seeing on a billboard to 
purchasing something in a store, things like that, but it's still not necessarily a one-to-one. Yeah, I think until facial recognition technology gets <laughs> to a point where it can measure eyeballs on screens, um, yeah, we're not going to have right. 100% uh, <laughs> right. visibility into that. Yeah, I think there is ad tech out there that is using um, like direction data. So, you know, what direction is the traffic going? And so they're able to use that to kind of correlate impressions. But again, it's all probabilistic. Right. There's also a challenge with exclusivity with digital out-of-home. With a traditional billboard or a traditional out-of-home space, you Mm -hmm. secure that inventory and that's 100% yours. But with digital, there isn't 24-7 airtime. You know, Mm -hmm. you're rotating your ad space with other advertisers. So you're sharing it. And, you know, even if you know that you were running at a certain time of the day, that doesn't mean that everyone that passed during that time saw your ad because maybe when they passed, one of the other six advertisers were showing. Right. And I think that has a tremendous impact on creative development as well, but we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. 100%. And then another thing that can be a little bit confusing for advertisers is just terminology in general. A lot of the digital out-of-home inventory can also be referred to as connected TV or those connected screens that we talked about earlier. Mm. And obviously that can be confused with OTT in terms Mm -hmm. of connected TV. So um, there are blurred lines there and um, being clear about what you're seeking when you're talking to a provider is going to be really important so you don't accidentally buy the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and one thing I think that is just kind of cap off the challenges, just something that is maybe not necessarily a challenge, but something that's different and could be, you know, impacted um, is that, you know, in the past, billboards are fairly easy to buy just one of. Um, So if you look at, you know, a single location home improvement store in a rural area or something, um, they're able to buy a billboard close to their location pointing out their building. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, I mean, that mom and pop home improvement store isn't going to programmatically buy out of home inventory. Um, So it just kind of changes how people are advertising, you know, in general, and not just large, big budget marketers, but, you know, Mm -hmm. all marketers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. We talked about it on the first or second episode about how, the digital out of home is opening up opportunities for advertisers to secure large spots, say in Times Square, that would have never been able to do that because, you know, say there's a Broadway show and they want to sell the remainder tickets. Um, I think this was a Domney that was talking to us about this. Oh, um, right. They they can buy, you know, an hour's worth of time on a Times Square billboard to sell those remaining tickets. Right. And, you know, in the past that wasn't a possibility if you only had a finite media budget. Right. And I guess in that instance, too, if you are a marketer and trying to figure out how to get the right message from the right person at the right time, like in New York and Times Square selling tickets, you probably aren't going to want to do that. What on? You're not going to do that on TV. Mm-hmm. You're not going to yeah. do that purchasing like digital media, hoping someone is on their mobile device at that right. time, right. right? That is the perfect use case mm-hmm. for when you want to use digital out of home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some other things that we need to consider when we're determining what kind of out-of-home outlet to use? So I think it's, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, I think there are some ways in which you can create different messaging around where you are. Yeah. So depending on if you're like downtown, if you're walking, if you're driving, if you're in the backseat of a car, so like what Oliver mentioned earlier, uh, I think those are sort of like the things that you would need to be mindful of when like planning and actually create a messaging strategy. Um, I think that can be like really interesting. And also just 
how much space that you actually have on like a digital billboard. So being mindful of the space that you have, is it going to make an impact? I know we've probably have all seen this, but there's just like too much words on a billboard. Right. And you're like, right. wait, what are you trying to communicate here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or then like, if it's, who is that billboard even for? Right. There's some <laughs> right. text in the bottom, but I don't, can't quite make it out. Right. So I think it's also the opportunity to optimize as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like being able to, okay, like once you actually see it live, like are you able to say, okay, let's switch that. Let's switch the call mm-hmm. to action based upon whichever key metrics are. Like if you're looking to drive maybe in-store traffic, uh, are you not seeing that sort of like lift in traffic? So it's sort of like optimize the messaging. And that can be different if you're inside of a mall purchasing that inventory or if you're just, you know, driving by a ballpark and there's an ad out there for something specific. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think Rashidi brings up a really good point. Um, one of the most important things to me is the call to action that we're using, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, one problem I've always had with billboards is that they put a very complicated phone number on a billboard as I'm driving by at 65 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. Uh, not only is does Georgia, you know, forbid you from keeping your phone in your hand, but I just can't type that fast and right. I don't have the short-term memory that allows me to, you know, just remember these phone numbers off the top of my head. Um, so I think, you know, considering that people in malls have their phone on them, they're probably already glued to it. People on public transit are already staring yeah. at their phone. So you can be a little bit more generous with the call to action you're using. Yeah. But people driving by, you know, you need something very simple that will stick to their mind. And maybe they're driving past the same billboard every day and it finally gets ingrained. But I, I think, you know, using something simple and giving people an easy call to action in that situation is really yeah. important. Yeah, hey, Oliver and Rashid are bringing up great points. I think what's awesome about programmatic out of home and in digital out of home is that you have the ability to for your creative to be dynamic right so you can depending on the weather or depending on the location or depending on if it's on a billboard or in a mall you can target those audiences with a specific ad which is fantastic i I saw one ad um, out in russia i read an article on it that when it got like to negative four degrees celsius um that they showed an ad for the movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, and it was wow. just all of the, the actors standing there with snow behind them saying, summer's coming kind of thing. So it was, it was very simple, but to me, like that was a way that they used the weather and used what they had to advertise their brand. The same thing as what Oliver was saying with the call to action and what your creative is doing. Thinking about how users are interacting with your ad is very important. Are they on the road? Or do they have two seconds as they're driving by just to see a logo right. and what your brand name is, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you put like a website up there, are they going to remember that website, right. right? So just thinking through all of those things, I think is, is really important. And again, programmatic out of home gave us the opportunity and the outlet to be really creative and strategic with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when we're talking about retargeting earlier, um, also keeping in mind that you can make this into a holistic campaign, right? It's not right. just programmatic out of home, you can then tie into, cool, what's my creative going to be with display? Um, And even using that, once they interact with the display ad, now you can hit them with search and with social. So just kind of melding it in completely with the holistic strategy, I think is is a really good outlet to use programmatic out of home. Yeah, because you can almost layer that along with Waze, for instance. You know if people are going in one direction, um, you know that you have billboards along that route, so mm-hmm. do you target people that are going to a specific location? Uh, then you can maybe geofence or geotarget uh, that particular location that people are going to. It all depends. If you are, I don't know, the, the Atlanta Hawks or um, Atlanta United, if we know that people are going driving to the stadium, do you buy ad inventory along that particular route? Then do you right. geofence that particular route as well? You might not be the Atlanta Hawks. You could just be Coca-Cola or it could be some other brand that's trying to reach that same target. But how do you not look at this in a silo? How do you look at it in combination with other different types of media 
that are that's on your media plan to figure out what is the best strategy. How do you combine all these different platforms together to make your message resonate more clearly with users? Mm-hmm. So what about pricing? How does it differ and how are advertisers paying for programmatic and digital out of home? Yeah, I think it's so early, but I think Oliver mentioned a point. Can you just add and clarify to that? It's all the inventory right now, yes, it's real-time bidded, but I think there's some like nuance there, right? Yeah, so when we talk about programmatic display, it's second-to-second real-time bidding um, for each individual impression. And so programmatic out-of-home is not like that at all. So it's near real-time bidding. And generally, and so this is um, from Clear Channel, Clear Channel's real-time bidding is happening within 60 seconds of availability. Uh, okay. Um, so most programmatic out-of-home inventory is programmatic guaranteed, um, where you reserve inventory and then purchase it in an automated fashion. Um, it's sort of in near real-time, yeah. Right, gotcha. Yeah, and, and one thing right now that, um, people like Clear Channel and Lamar are seeing is that um, the supply is still higher than the demand currently. Mm. Um, and that's something where, you know, for us marketers, we need to capitalize off yeah. of because the price is going to be never better than right now. Um, but going forward, it's something to note that the supply is finite, right? It's not mm-hmm. like a search campaign or a display campaign on your computer where it can go anywhere, right? right? There's there's so many options and so many places to put it. Right now, right, there's only a certain amount of digital billboards out there, a certain amount mm-hmm. of screens to to leverage. So um, that's something that partners right now are kind of throwing out there and having marketers think ahead on. Um, also that partners right now are currently trying to move more to a CPM base because they know that's how us marketers like to buy digitally, right? We we want it CPM. Right, exactly. Applying, trying to apply every digital yes. you know, strategy, tactic, <laughs> yes. and you know, payment method to every you know, traditional medium. Right. Yeah, but then proving those impressions, whichever end you're on, whether you're the ad server or the, the buyer, mm-hmm. seems a little difficult mm-hmm. at this point in time. Okay, so to me, one of the most exciting things about digital out of home isn't just that it's a channel through which to serve ads, but there's also an experiential aspect that can be leveraged with out of home now. Um, So to wrap it up, I'd love to hear from all of you about the coolest things that you think are happening with digital out of home today and how brands are leveraging it. Yeah, so um, I found one case study from IAB uh, that was about an iconic artist's exhibit in New York City, so it's obviously uh, client anonymized. Um, but it was out-of-home ads at a unspecified New York City transit hub, um, and a QR code on the ads allowed users to access an artist-curated playlist for their commute. Um, so the artists created a playlist uh, on a streaming service that people were allowed to listen to or were able to access by just scanning the QR code. Um, And so to me, that was really interesting because it was essentially a win-win for all three parties. So the publisher is getting revenue, the advertiser gets engagement, um, and they actually ended up driving record attendance to the exhibit. And then the riders get an experience that actually adds value for them. Um, And so, you know, overall, I think transit is the biggest area of opportunity. So to see people create ads that aren't just, you know, a personal injury lawyer, Mm -hmm. um, you know, putting his number (laughs) up on on the board. Um, but, you know, actually providing value for the riders during their commute um, is really interesting because in a transit ride, we're pretty much all on our phones and listening mm-hmm. to music and mm-hmm. already consuming media. Um, so adding value to that consumption, I think, is, is really cool. Yeah, and that's a really great way to connect your online audio strategy yeah. with a digital out-of-home. Right. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is sort of like what I alluded to earlier is how do you combine all of these tactics and mediums together? Um, and that's, Oliver, that you mentioned that one. I think that's really interesting. I haven't seen, I was like trying to dig around. I hadn't seen anything else I thought was really interesting. My favorite one is still the Kylie Jenner, um, the Kylie Skin yeah. campaign. Mm-hmm. I think that showed the 
the capabilities of the platform. Essentially, they took it from basically a seedling in from a Friday and having it launched that very next week. And before, that would have taken them weeks upon weeks to sort of negotiate that. So I think that really opens up the eyes for us as digital marketers to say, okay, how can we be really creative if we start to combine some of these things? Mm -hmm. um, so like adding like QR codes, call to actions that get people to maybe to do things in groups. I think those are the things that could be really, really interesting. But I think it's also based upon an organization or an agency mm -hmm. team. Is everyone talking? Does digital out of home sit with the paid media team? Does it sit with a traditional agency? Mm -hmm. And how do you begin to sort of combine all of those things? Because you yeah. really can make something like really interesting and impactful if you start combining all, all of the mediums together. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, a lot of times we look at media as the ends rather than the means to the end that they actually are. Right. And I think what it really comes down to is the concept. Um, right. Like you, you need something creative that's not only shown on digital out of home, but goes across media um, and, you know, actually provides value for people um, and doesn't just promote one thing in one location. Right. 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 And that's what I think to me is, is the best way that brands are going to be able to leverage digital out of home is that creative aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Because you can um, you can change out your creative instantly, right? If you decide that this creative isn't working based on tests and results like that, you can switch out your digital billboards across the nation. Yeah, right? you don't in have to instant. print a vinyl 50-foot sign right. so you two don't weeks have to, in advance. And then yeah. schedule the people putting it up, all of that stuff. You don't have to worry about it. And then like Oliver was saying, you can use that creative across multiple platforms, right? You can make it a holistic strategy. I'm just thinking like for Popeyes, for example, right? The whole Popeyes Chick-fil-A oh, debacle right. that happened a couple weeks ago. It's super interesting on Twitter, right? Um, but like Popeyes on a Sunday between, you know, 12 to 4 p.m. can put out digital billboards around Chick-fil-A locations saying, come get a Popeyes chicken oh, right. sandwich. Right? Yeah, like, they're you can use, Yeah, they're closed, yeah, right? Yeah. And if anyone's driving by Chick-fil-A and then they see a Popeyes ad instead, right, right that's going to immediately grab them during lunchtime to want to go to Popeyes instead. So I just think that aspect is um, really awesome in, in terms of brands are able to leverage that. Or, you know, like Rashid was saying, after a sporting event, as people are driving home and you know that everyone is in this location, you can right. hit people with certain ads, right? Whatever that that might be. Yeah, and just to add on to that, to the Popeyes idea, because that's really <laughs> cool, is they were also running out of chicken sandwiches. Right. So it's, they could have, use exclusivity to drive additional traffic into their stores or additional yeah. hype by even saying, hey, we have this particular location has sandwiches. Or even if this location is out, directing people to the next one. Mm -hmm. That could have been like really interesting to sort of combine all those things, yeah. like using real-time data and information that they had to, you know, it would go essentially like from the restaurant out mm -hmm. to the agency, the media team. Mm -hmm. That really could have been interesting just to sort of amplify that. I know they were getting a lot anyway yeah. just from like organic. <laughs> but Without... Any media right. budget. Right, right. But that could have been like really interesting, I feel yeah. like, to like increase brand awareness around that. Yeah, and this is just to add on to that. I mean, this is probably a five-year concept, but theoretically, you could add an inventory countdown um, that shows oh, how yeah. many sandwiches they have remaining. Yeah, right. Yeah. To make that, that awareness out there, yeah. Well, that also ties into some of the things that um, brands are doing in terms of like, in-store experiences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are in a grocery store and there is only so much inventory left that needs to be moved of a certain product, they could do an in-store display to try and to move that. So that's one of the ways. And from a retail perspective, I know that some brands are using digital out-of-home to 
like shift the imagery they're using facial recognition software to change the image that's being displayed based on who comes in their store so it helps like align and and tailor that creative a little bit more to the user i think that's really cool Adomni is also doing something similar with they were recognizing dog breeds so like being able to serve up Something really quick, like based on a dog breed that they might have just seen or is walking by, mm-hmm. uh, to increase the relevancy. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, you kind of mentioned it, Kelly, but leveraging facial technology and then, you know, looking even further, leveraging things like VR and AR and, you know, augmenting the image that you're seeing. So, you know, in a retail, potentially trying things on without actually oh, right. having oh, to yeah. try anything on yeah. using in-store signage. Mm-hmm. Super cool. There's also an aspect of social integration that some brands are taking advantage of. Um, so like at concerts, whatnot, um, having Instagram feeds going on out-of-home billboard signage people can come and interact with and then start following. And then that also adds a layer of measurability because you're able to see how many new followers or how many engagements that you're getting on that Instagram post mm-hmm. online. Right. Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting also, sort of like along those same lines, is that uh, digital out-of-home, well, I guess out-of-home in general, is almost the last remaining medium where every person doesn't have their own individual ad experience. Yeah. So if you're on Facebook or Google or across the web, essentially like me, Rashidi, I'm seeing a very specific type of ads mm-hmm. based upon my demographic, psychographic, mm-hmm. whatever information data that they have. But like, there, this is almost the last space where you are having this collective experience. Yeah. So how can brands actually take advantage of people seeing one thing at the same time uh, all at once and having this experience around that? Like, what can you get consumers to do mm-hmm. uh, based upon that's almost captive audience that you have? Mm-hmm. You still having like primetime TV uh, with big with big sports events, but. Mm-hmm. You know, next five or ten years, a lot of that's going to change. Yeah. So I, I feel like digital out of home is is going to be one of those things, unless we're all walking around wearing uh, uh, <laughs> lenses right. in our eyes, yeah. uh, where we are seeing our own billboard at the same time, right? But I mean, we actually probably will get there. I bet yeah. in about fifty years. But still, it's really interesting, kind of think about like how do you you have a captive audience experiencing something all at the same time? How do you use that to amplify your brand and your brand message? Mm-hmm. So true. I'm really excited about what's to come in the out-of-home space. Yeah, we've come a long way from fast food billboards on 75 South. (laughs) Diamond jewelers. Yeah. Weird truck stop things. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, awesome. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. It was very fun. Thanks for having us. Let's do it again. All right. Well, our next episode is going to be about the audio advertising landscape. So please tune in. And if you have any questions or comments, feedback, any recommendations on what you'd like to hear us talk about in future episodes, please email us at paidmediacoffee at neboagency.com. And don't forget to rate, like, review, subscribe to the podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.